All right, welcome in. Gabe D. Armand here. This is the 573 Report. It's the old show on the new format with the new uh, graphics and all that. So uh, this is the 573 Report brought to you every Wednesday by 573Ts. You can find them online at 573Ts.com. They also now have a physical location for you guys in Columbia. If you're in town, especially maybe on a game day, on a Friday before game day, you can find 573s tees downtown uh it's in it's on an alley off 9th street it's called i believe alley a um but look them up you'll be able to find their physical location it's down just uh just steps between 9th and 10th street uh right off of uh broadway downtown so make sure to go in and and visit the guys and and say hey uh they're doing a lot of stuff a lot of new stuff this year. A lot of Mizzou gear for you guys. Also have worked some NIL deals for some Missouri players. And uh, they've got shirts that, that are being worn around town and sold and stuff like that. So maybe you want to support a player in particular. You can do that. So once again, check them out online. 573-T-E-E-S.com. Appreciate them supporting our site and our show. And mostly supporting Mitchell Forty, who is now on your screen. So uh, Mitch, what's up, man? So my question that I've been waiting for the return of the 573Ts uh, show to ask is, what's the latest with the Ed Chang yeah. jersey? Where are we with that? That's a good question. I got to follow up. Ed Chang went to what? Jacksonville University? Is that right? I, I think that's right, yeah. He's a, a dolphin, maybe? Does that mm -hmm. sound like that's their uh, mascot? That, it's some sort of a sea creature is their mascot. Okay. I'm not entirely sure. Dolphin but sounds right. If me. I could get an Ed Chang jersey with like a Loch Ness monster on it, I would wear that. <laughs> Probably every day, if I'm being quite honest. Uh, but we, okay. we don't yet have any follow up on that. I I had kind of uh, forgotten about that. But uh, I this will is. Not let you forget. Yeah, yeah. It, we'll, we'll be reminded of it regularly, I have a feeling. This is the 573 report. We're going to talk about every Wednesday, kind of just whatever is going on. And we understand doing this midday, um, we are probably, there are like grownups with real jobs who try to watch this, I guess. Um, and so we may be limiting that part of it. Uh, but if you are here live with us, feel free to throw some questions in the, in the comments and we will talk about what you guys want to talk about. It, it'll probably be a little bit shorter every week. Um, you know, Again, we're doing these daily. It's probably not going to be an hour and 10 minutes every Wednesday, but uh, as we get into the season especially, and there's a little bit more going on, uh, certainly we will uh, we'll take all your questions and, and go as long as we need to go. So the first question already kind of ties into – you know what we knew it was going to be we we joked maybe we should just call this the luther burden show today um hey I, I, mitch i've heard that that there were developments with luther yesterday um there were a couple of posts on our message board a few things on twitter about it so you know uh something happened i guess yeah, so uh, basically, as always in the world of recruiting, um, you know, the rumors started to trickle out uh, yesterday morning, and you posted that it sounded like Luther Burden was going to back off his pledge to Oklahoma. That came to fruition at about one o'clock, and since then, it's just kind of been nonstop speculation about where he will actually end up, and uh Look, I mean, I'm not going to say anything that hasn't already been said on the site. Encourage everyone to subscribe if you aren't already, because we have had a ton of content on there about this and we will continue to have the latest. But Missouri is in a good position. Um, you know, it sounds like they're probably uh, in the top two and probably not second as of right <laughs> now. That said, things can change and do change rapidly in recruiting. Still seems like um, there's a decent chance he might take some official visits. So even if he does, for some reason, make a pledge here in the coming weeks, 
no one's going to feel comfortable with this one until that pen hits the paper. Yeah, I would term this as a one and a half to one and three quarters team race. Um, Georgia Mm -hmm. is in it, um, but I think they're pretty clearly second behind Missouri. And, And... in recruiting, generally, when a kid decommits, sometimes a kid will decommit and, and truly be opening it up and isn't sure where he wants to go. But usually when a kid decommits, he has a pretty decent idea. Hey, I'm decommitting to go somewhere else. Now, sometimes that is between three or four places, and he really wants to to look at all of them. Uh, but a lot of times, a decommitment is... Okay, this is the first step. The second step is I'm going to tell you all where I'm really going, but I don't just want to do that on the like Xavier Simmons did that on the same day at mm-hmm. the same time. It was I'm decommitting from Virginia Tech and committing to Missouri. It generally doesn't go that way. It generally kind of like when you when you leave the Big 12, you have to tell everybody you're leaving the Big 12 and then you have to have two or three days before you say I'm joining the SEC, um, right. so that's the way that's the way decommitments usually go. And and this is not one that came out of the blue. I mean, it was mid March when we started. I started hearing some stuff about this, and and I was actually in Tulsa and was communicating with you and Sean. I'm like, hey, I got some things going on. If this happens in the next three days, like we've got to be on top of it. And so we've been hearing that this was a possibility for a while. And it became more and more obvious when I counted them up, and I think Luther made four visits to Missouri this summer. Um, Mm -hmm. And everybody said, yeah, but he's still committed to Oklahoma. And he just kept saying, yeah, but, like, he's not doing this just – he's not just looking for a way to waste a day. This doesn't mean nothing. Right. Yeah, so basically, I mean, really, ever since he's, you know, committed to Oklahoma, ever we've we've had people saying this thing's not over. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, you know, obviously proved correct. I mean, he visited a lot of places this summer, but yeah, at four visits that we know of to Missouri is significant. Yes, it's only a couple hours down the road, but still, you know, you're you like you said, you're not just gonna waste time on those trips. Um, you know, I mean he's posted plenty of things on social media of him and his Missouri gear. So definitely we always thought there was there was legitimate interest there, regardless of his commitment status the, the the next step though the thing i will say and i'm not trying to be you know what blanket is that will still probably be the case if he were to commit to missouri at some point here relatively soon i mean he's probably still you know it it, it, it doesn't change that much i mean obviously it's better to have a commit kid committed than not but he might still be taking visits and you know while right now it could be very true and i think is true that missouri and georgia are the top two teams if he takes a visit to Alabama and loves it, that's, you know, it's not in, yeah. inconceivable to see a kid going to Alabama and taking a, an official visit and suddenly saying, oh, yeah, I think I'll include them in my top few schools yeah. as well because, you know, they've got a decent little program down here in Tuscaloosa. So, you know, things can change and do change in recruiting, but right now things are, are trending positively for Missouri. Which is why I think it would be good for Missouri if he if this was a quick thing if he because we've heard some talk that hey a decision could come before his season starts his season starts a week from friday that's only nine days away now we've also had people say hey i think he's going to take his visits and this is going to last and and you're not going to know until after the season so depends on which of those people you believe um but i think it would be good for missouri obviously if it happened in the next nine days not only because i mean duh you know of course it would but also Kids don't usually decommit twice. I mean, there are some of them, but they become Gunnar Keel and Tate Martell and these kids who are kind of 
almost punchlines in recruiting because they've done this. Most kids don't mm-hmm. do it. Wherever Luther Burden commits next is almost certainly where he is going to end up signing in December or February. I assume it's December, but but I don't know that for sure. Um, so that's obviously why that would, would be a great thing for Missouri to, to go ahead and get that done. And, hey, it does attract other guys. Um, and this is like – Look, we don't want to downplay. This is a big deal. But I've talked to people since this happened yesterday morning who who have said, look, it also needs to be clear. We're pretty excited about Mookie Cooper and Dominic Lovett and J.J. Hester and Chance Looper. And, oh, by the way, Makai Miller and Jamarian Wayne committed already in this recruiting class. Like, Luther Burden is not a make or break for this receiving core. It is a we feel pretty good about this to we feel that much better about this situation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think one thing that, that often gets, you know, blown out of proportion a little bit when you've got Missouri recruiting a kid like this, who's the caliber of kid they don't often get is like, yes, Luther Burden is a, a very good player and is probably, uh, probably going to be a very, very good college player. There's no guarantees, but I think it's almost a bigger deal in just the fact that Missouri's landing a five-star, the number one player at his position, it's, it's and PR. The top ten player in position, than it is the fact what Luther Burden can provide yes. on the field. And maybe I'm wrong, but it's rare that you find a receiver who is like going to suddenly just by his presence take a program to a new level. You know, yeah. I mean, like even in basketball, we've seen a lot of these, you know, top top five kids who are or number one kids even who go to a smaller school and it doesn't necessarily you know elevate that team to a you know final four team and there's only five players on the court you know he's one of 22 in football and doesn't play a position that touches the ball every play so you know it would be huge from a PR perspective like you said and to continue recruiting momentum and to get maybe other kids you know to to get on board in this class or from the future from St. Louis but um, yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going to all of a sudden come in, and Missouri's going to be, you know, winning the SEC just because of his presence alone. Right, and finish strong says it feels a little bit like Doriel Green Beckham deja vu, and there are some similarities. Right now, I think the difference here is literally the only people that thought Missouri had a shot it, that covered this in 2012 when it was DGB were Pete Scannelberry and I. I mean, we, we everybody said, well, he's not going to Missouri. And it was based on nothing more than they just didn't think he would go to Missouri. They thought he was Oklahoma. Um, you know, a few people thought Arkansas at the time. But this time, other people think it's Missouri. But I actually had that discussion you were just talking about with a, a coach I know last night. And, like, you have to be careful because it's not saying that Luther Burden is not a phenomenal talent. He is. Absolutely. I mean, if you watch the kid play, he's got a gear that not a lot of guys have at his size. And he's a heck of a player. There's no question. But just the nature of the position. I mean, Dorio Green Beckham was the number one player in the country. And while he was here, he played pretty well, right? I mean, he wasn't an All-American, but he played well. Um he was probably the best receiver on the 2014 team. He definitely was not the best receiver on the 2013 team. But again, did it change the trajectory of the program? No, because he was a wide receiver. Even Jeremy Macklin, who I think most people would say is the best receiver in school history, the best pure wide receiver in school history, like, he wasn't the game changer for Missouri. He wasn't the program changer for Missouri in 2007, 8, and 9. He was a heck of a player. Don't get me wrong. The program changer there was Chase Daniel because Chase Daniel, 
excuse me, had the ball in his hands every single play. Jeremy Macklin touched the ball in good games 12 times a game, 15 times a game. Yeah. And I mean, too, the, I agree with that. The other part, though, the, the, the part that I know people will bring up is that Jeremy Macklin helped make Chase Daniel what he oh, was. Yeah. No and, question. Uh, and, you know, it will help. I mean, I don't want to say the next Chase Daniel because uh, obviously, you know, there's only been one of those in score history. Not going to say the other, but we'll help recruit another quarterback who can maybe be the program changer or elevate the program. You know, you, you that becomes easier to attract. And, and maybe they already haven't committed. I mean, certainly, you know, heard good things about Sam Horn. They can't discount Tyler Macon, um, you know, and some of the other guys. But, you know, you, that, that guy maybe becomes easier to attract when you say, hey, look who you're going to be thrown to. And yeah, so moral of the story, much better to get Luther Burden than to not get him. You know, yeah. none of yeah. none of what we're saying is ah, be be fine if he went to Georgia and you were playing against him every year. You you don't Absolutely. want that. Especially because and, and guys like this are more important to Missouri than they are to Georgia, or honestly, even than they are to Oklahoma. Because mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't understand how sports and statisticians figure out wins above replacement. But the Luther Burden's war at Missouri is more than it is at Alabama, Georgia, or Oklahoma because if Missouri misses him, they probably don't replace him with a guy of equal level. Alabama, Georgia, and Oklahoma probably do. Yeah, or at least close. I mean, you know. Right. Yeah, it's very possible that Luther Burden is the best receiver in this class. But yeah, Alabama's not exactly hurting for talent. Um, I, I don't know if anyone's noticed the receivers they've churned out the last couple of years. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, it, it, only the best recruiting class or uh, best receiving core in the history of college football. You know, no big deal. Uh, yeah. Josh is asking, what will Burden's commitment mean for Drinkwitz? Does that boost the way you view him at all? Or was he already there? I mean, like, look, it's a big deal. But I do also want to say, and somebody brought this point up on the message board yesterday. Let's not pretend something like this has never happened at Missouri. I mean, I got a text yesterday from somebody that said, would Luther Burden be the highest rated commitment in Missouri history? I said, well, no, DGB was number one. You can't possibly get any higher than that, you know? Um, So, you know, Gary Pinkle got Doriel Green Beckham. He got Blaine Gabbert, who I can't remember exactly where Gabbert was ranked. I want to say it was like number 14 nationally, something like that. So, Things like this have happened before at Missouri. And again, not downplaying what he is, um, but ultimately, it doesn't really impact my view of Eli Drinkwitz. What impacts my view of Eli Drinkwitz is how many games he's going to win. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say the exact same thing. It's, you know, it's part of, it would be the biggest feather in his cap so far and show that, you know, he is capable of recruiting at a really high level and, you know, stacking two really good classes on top of each other, which is very important to achieve his stated goals. But ultimately it's going to come down to, can he do those things on the field? You know, can he actually compete for an SEC title here, SEC East title within a few years? Um, You know, can he stack nine, 10 win seasons on top of each other like Gary Pinkle did for a little while there. That's that's the ultimate measuring stick of every coach. Now, you said it would be the biggest feather in his cap. I think you're right, PR-wise. Mm-hmm. Would this be bigger than Sam Horn? I mean, Sam Horn's a top 100 kid from Georgia at the most yeah. important position on the field. I, I think yeah. that was a pretty big I statement. Mean, yeah, Sam Horn was a big deal. I'm not trying to downplay that. I think this is a bigger deal for her perspective though because and and like ultimately obviously time will tell who's the the biggest get from a recruiting standpoint it might be neither of those guys it's right. whoever ends up having the best missouri career but just from a recruiting is pr and from a pr standpoint 
I think number one receiver in the country, guy who's got actually offers from every blue blood in America. I mean, Sam Horn had a, a good offer list, don't get me wrong, but he did not have Georgia coming after him. In his own state, he did not have Alabama. And, you know, obviously Missouri has really wanted to recruit St. Louis better. The best way to do that is to to have, you know, a guy like this choose Missouri over the likes of Oklahoma and Alabama and Georgia, you know, the best player who the region has has produced in a little while. So, yeah, I, I think I would I think Luther Burden would be a little bit bigger of a splash than Sam Horn. Yeah. And, and Steve asked kind of about that. How important is recruiting to St. Louis, St. Louis to drink? What's obviously it's huge in the burden commitment if it happens. And, and I want to be careful here that we don't start talking in absolutes. He's not right. committed to Missouri. <laughs> yes. Like yeah. it, it, the chances are promising. There's reason to feel good about it. He is not at this point committed to Missouri, but um, it, it's not just the Luther burden commitment. If it happens, it's that on top of Marquise Gracial, on top of Tyler Macon, on top of Dominic Lovett, on top of Mookie Cooper, it's for literally since I've been doing this, and I'm sure probably since I even followed, before I started following Missouri football, the question has always been out there. If we could ever get all these in-state kids to stay here, what could this program become? And you're never going to get them all. I mean, like uh, Tyson Ford, for example, is going to Notre Dame, right? So you're never going to get everyone. But this is as close as Missouri's been in a while. And so now you can start maybe getting an answer to that question. Okay, does this state have enough talent that if we get 75% of it or whatever, that if we get all the high-level kids, that it, because even Gary Pinkle, as well as he did, he missed Adrian Claiborne. He missed Ezekiel Elliott. So, you know, some of those are going to happen. Um, but if we get all those kids, what does that mean for the program? That's why burden would be big. Not it, yeah, it'd be big on its own, but if it's a one-off, it doesn't matter. Kind of like we said about last year's class. Hey, if they're twenty this year and they go back down to thirty-eight next year, it doesn't matter. It, it's him on top of all the other guys. Yeah, absolutely. And and I I certainly think that you know getting landing him would help convince a lot of the guys who for years you know you you've always had a few guys in the class and like you said you're never going to get them all, but there's always been a kind of an elite tier where, you know, the the Ohio States and Oklahomas and Clemsons of the world start to start to come calling, mm, you know, Missouri's going to lose that battle. Landing one of those, and especially if he were to obviously come to Missouri and do pretty well, would help show, help Eli Drinkwitz say, like, look, you don't need to go to these other places to, to you know, succeed. Right. And, and I remember that was Pinkle's message. After a while, uh, you know, privately, his staff would say, look, we've done everything we can do. We've shown these kids, hey, you can win here. You can play at that level here. If they're not going to come, they're they're just not going to come. You're going to lose some of them, and and that happens. Uh, real quick, want to take a break from the uh, Luther Burden show to remind you that this is actually the five seven three report. The logo's up there in the top corner. Five seven three tees dot com t e e s. It will also be uh, linked on the story page when we put this show up on Power Mizzou later. We're sending these out as podcasts, so. 573 T's. You can check them out online. Get they've got all kinds of new stuff. It seems like they're they're tweeting out a, a new shirt every day. They they made a uh, anti Texas shirt a couple weeks ago that I know a lot of people have enjoyed. A lot of Eli Drinkwitz stuff. Uh, I imagine it's a matter of time before we get something referencing Eli Drinkwitz's five star car uh, that he tweeted about yesterday, which. 
I don't know. Maybe that was not coincident. I just kind of thought it was coincidental. A lot of people seem to think there was not a coincidence to him tweeting that out uh, right after the Luther Burden decommitment. I, I did think on the way home, if he really wanted to uh, twist the knife and make it pointed, he should have tweeted like, thanks Mercedes Benz of Columbia for the ride. I promise not to flip it for a better one coming up. You know, that, that yeah. would have been more pointed. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I I would guess just getting to know Eli Drinkwitz a little bit that it was not coincidence. You know, he's yeah. a fairly calculated guy. I just didn't really get it. <laughs> I guess right. I mean, maybe, is he saying is Luther Burden going to come here and get a new Mercedes? Maybe, maybe that's in the works. <laughs> I don't right. know. I saw some speculation that because it's a wagon of some sort uh, that has to do with the it's like the Sooner wagon. Schooner. Yeah. So I don't know, though. I mean, yeah. honestly, I think he like it would have been better if he had like tweeted out the video of the Sooner Schooner just tipping over because that really kind of never gets old yeah. because no one was hurt in the incident. Right. Nothing uh, against Oklahoma. Was... That's just a fun video. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, uh, I uh, yeah, it's a nice car. I I, yeah. I He's... would like to know what's happening to his old. He was driving around a pickup truck that seemed in very good condition. If he wants to donate it, I'll and, just throw it out there. I wouldn't mind. It, but, and, and look, it is literally in these coaches' contracts. They get a car every year. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, it's I, I just read Conzo's contract a couple days ago. You get one for you and you get one for your spouse. So, uh, you know, they they are driving around cars uh that that are donated for the cause. Uh, <laughs> Todd Julian says that he enjoys waking up to the five seven three report. So, uh, welcome to the world, Todd. I mean, it's eleven twenty three, but we do appreciate that you have joined us before lunchtime. Hey, you might be out on the west coast nine twenty three. Could, could be, be in Hawaii too, quite early could, there. Could be five twenty. Could be in Tokyo where it's two a.m. tomorrow. Who knows? Uh, yeah. But but Todd, appreciate you uh, and everybody else joining us. Uh, okay, let's uh, move on to some more questions. Oh, hey, Luther Burden question. Uh, do you, Aaron, Andy wants to know? Do you think landing Burden might influence someone like Toriano Pride? And look, they're friends, right? But when Luther Burden was committed to Oklahoma, Toriano Pride wasn't committed to Oklahoma. Could it help? Sure, but, you know, he is committed to, I think we can safely say, one of the three best programs in college football right now. Yeah, like, is it possible? Absolutely. And like we said, one of the big things about getting Luther Burden is it helps you, you know, sell your program to other high-profile prospects, especially in St. Louis. But I don't really have any real reason to believe that would be the case. Um, Toriano Pride's committed to Clemson fairly early in the process. You know, he always seemed to, to like Clemson and Clemson is not a school that loses a lot of recruits. Yeah. You know, Dabo's always been a guy who said like, if you're not sure, don't commit because we don't want you to, to go ahead and flip later in the process. So certainly not impossible. I'm sure if there's any window there, the coach, the Mizzou staff will, will keep in touch with Toriano private. It's not something that's like really on our radar at this point. Yeah. The impression I've gotten is that he has not told them, please don't call me anymore. Right. Like right. there's still a little window of communication there. I think it's pretty small. Missouri had an event on July 31st where they had virtually everybody um, in the state and, and he was not there. So that's right. that's notable. Is it impossible? No, but it's it's definitely not something that that we're really uh, looking at. Um Let's see. Uh, Finish strong is asking about Power Mizzou T-shirts. Uh, we've done that before. We're, we could we could always do that at some point. I mean, this is uh, you know presented by five seven three T's, so I suppose it uh, it, it would not be impossible. Uh, we got a few minutes left. We have we have talked a lot about Luther, Luther Burden with, and we understood that was going to be the case, and and are happy to do that. But um, we've got what. 
three or four chances left to see uh, Missouri in camp. Mitch, I think you wrote about this morning really one of the or two of the few position battles we're really watching here over the next two weeks. Yeah, so, yeah, the offensive line is just – it's always kind of a, you know – uh, area of question mark because you do have so many positions and uh th- this year in particularly the two tackle spots were kind of two of the main position battles we were uh going to be kind of watching it's it's interesting it's kind of gone a little bit the opposite of what i expected i thought coming in you know if there was one guy we could kind of pencil in a tackle it'd be hired white because the coaches mm-hmm. talked really highly about him before he got hurt last year talked about him pretty highly in the spring he had a, a little bit of starting experience in the past but he seems to be in a bit of a coin flip battle with connor wood i mean we have not seen a ton but in the little bit of scrimmaging we saw they were splitting the first team reps Connor Wood seems to have acclimated pretty quickly from Montana State. At the other tackle spot, though, it seems like it's going to be Javon Foster starting at left tackle. Um, Zeke Powell's still in the mix, but he's been banged up and missed a couple practices, and everyone's spoken really highly of Javon Foster. He did start once last year backing up Larry Borum at right tackle, but um, he's a guy, what, fourth year in the program? So he's, you know, paid his dues and uh, seems seems to me like he's probably going to end up starting at left tackle. Yeah, I actually think – when I look at Javon Foster, there's a little bit of Larry Borum there in that mm-hmm. Borum's first two years in the program, I thought, eh, maybe he's a guy that eventually gives him a little something. And then he kind of got a chance. In the first year, you thought, they they probably need an upgrade there because it didn't really go well. And then all of a sudden, Larry Borum became the guy that, like, if he's not there, your line's so much worse, and he ends up going mm-hmm. early to the NFL. Javon Foster's a guy who came in without a lot of fanfare. Played some last year, and frankly, I thought it it was a little bit uh, troublesome at times. But everybody's mm-hmm. speaking really highly of him, so maybe he becomes that guy that all of a sudden you're going, oh, hey, this this dude has become a, a player. Yeah, and it is always important to remember that the, the line is different than most positions because it's not just something you can come in and you know physically master. You have to know the playbook really well, and there's certain things and blitzes and schemes and stuff that you probably don't really understand how to deal with until you see them. So right. there's something to be said for, for experience. I mean, there's a reason we don't see true freshmen starting on the line for a lot of uh, <laughs> high major pro- programs. So, yeah, we'll see uh, see how that goes. But, I mean, certainly I will say – I do feel like there's more depth. There are more options on the offensive line this year than last year. And that was a big issue last year. I thought overall the line last year was better than I expected. But once people started getting hurt, you know, once, like you mentioned, once Larry Borum went down, once Xavier Gatto went down and never really kind of healed, um, you know, I, I didn't, I felt like it took a, a major step back and certainly I don't really know exactly what to expect this year, but I feel like there is a little more, uh, more depth this time around when you've got, you know, a guy like Zeke Powell, maybe playing backup who's got starting experience, you know, Connor Wood can play multiple positions case cook could play center. If they need him to, you know, you've got EJ Doma Ogar and Luke Griffin there in the interior of the line who are both, you know, decently highly thought of. So you would think that the depth is a little bit better this time around. Yeah. And people are speaking really highly of Connor Tolleson too. Probably not this yeah. year, honestly, but, uh, but yeah. definitely kind of a, a cornerstone guy for the future. we got a couple more, just kind of more fun ones. Well, I don't know if this one's particularly fun, but on the way out, uh, Ed wants to know first coaching hire, the new AD will have to make football or men's basketball. Now I know what you mean. I know you mean, which one of those is she going to have to replace first? The answer in my opinion is neither one. It's, Either women's basketball or baseball is likely to happen before either of those, in my opinion. Yeah, probably. Uh, baseball seems like, you know, probably the favorite. Um, I don't know. If we're picking between those two, I guess the, the safe answer is men's basketball. Um, yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be stunned either way, I guess I'll say. Right, because we're, we're looking at 
the window is two to three years from now. That's when you know, hey, is is, is this thing going in the right direction? Two years in basketball. Is this thing going in the right direction? Do we feel good? And that's about the same time you're going to know, hey, is football going in the right direction? And does that mean we're fighting to hold on to this guy? So it, I think they would be for different reasons. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Finish Strong wants to know, do you think it's possible a running back controversy will happen at some point in the season? I, I don't think so at all because, like, they're going to have two guys that get a decent number of carries and a third guy that gets some. You're you're not going to have a Larry Roundtree getting 22 carries a game. Well, if you look at our message board, we are already mired in a running back controversy, and that controversy is whether or not Michael Cox is the third <laughs> string or the seventh string running back. Or, or maybe a college football Hall of Famer. Right. The subject of much debate. Yes. Um, no, yeah, I think it's pretty clear cut in my mind. I, I think barring injury, Tyler Beatty's going to lead the backfield um, and Elijah Young's going to get plenty of carries and one or two other guys are going to get semi-regular appearances and those guys could rotate and change depending on the circumstance. But I don't think that rises to the level of controversy. So what's what's the number of carries for Beatty? He averaged 4.8 carries a game last year. Roundtree averaged yeah. 21. Um, I'm going to say 15 or is that that might be too high. I think 15 touches sounds about right, right. but I don't think all of those come in the form of carries. I'm going to say something like, you know, 11 carries a game, 11, 12 carries a game. And he's going to catch obviously a few passes a game as well. And then Elijah Young, what, 10? Like, are we talking about close to a 50, 50 split maybe in the carries? Um, Yeah, I bet it's like something like 12, 8. Four. I don't know. That, that might not be enough, though. That's Sounds only good. 24 carries. But then you added, you know, rushes by a quarterback. That's and front receivers. I think we're getting close. Yeah. So we're going to hit our last two questions. Todd wants to know any players in the top three rounds of the NFL draft next year. I mean, Trajan Jeffcoat. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty safe bet to say no, right? I mean, like Jeffcoat. You know, if he if he has another big year, maybe. Um, you know, he's, he's the one who's probably most likely, um, I can't honestly, no one else like leaps to mind is like, Oh, that guy's going to be a, you know, a draft pick this year. I'm, I don't know. Um, I mean, I uh, guess it wouldn't be completely out of the question that Martez Manuel is so good this year. He goes pro, but top three rounds seems like, I mean, safety is not a position that goes up there a lot. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, I think I'd be surprised if anyone's drafted in the top three rounds, but yeah, Jeff Coates, the one guy who probably has the best chance. All right. So we'll finish this. Finish with this one. If Power Mizzou gave out cars to their employees, what would you get? Um, I'm a like, I don't care about. I just need my car to get me somewhere. I've had a 2010 Toyota Highlander for like eight years, and when it goes bad, I'm gonna get another Toyota Highlander because I love it, and I've never had issues with it. Like I take it in to get worked on, and they're like, "Well, this has 190,000 miles on it, and we're disappointed. We can't find any real problems." So. I like if I could get any car I wanted, would I get a Toyota Highlander? Probably not. But like a 45 year old white dude, man, I'd look stupid driving around in a some, you know, little sports car that's going to spin off the road every time we get ice in Missouri. Yeah, I I think I'd like a truck of some sort. Um, I I just it fits my lifestyle well. I'm a big fisherman. I like to you know take my kayak out. I'd like to have a boat someday. Take yeah. a take some bikes out. Do some biking. You know, it's good good yeah. to have the space. Um, as for which brand, I I don't really know. Not really imminently close to making this purchase. But right. if you're handing them out, then I I'd, I'd figure it out. Um, it it yeah. doesn't seem like a likely thing from Power Mizzou or Rivals anytime soon. Uh, and hey, like my answer could change in 
a couple months. I mean, midlife crisis could honestly hit at any time. You never know when I might feel the need to just go out and get like a, a Corvette convertible or something. So, you know. Yeah, you are about to become an empty nester. So I, you don't em- need the space. Empty nester. I feel like at 45, chances are I'm probably a little on the wrong side of midlife. So... <laughs> I don't know. We're we're going down a dark road here. It feels like we should yeah. uh, we should probably end this thing. So, uh, all right, Mitch, we got uh, practice tomorrow, fan day Saturday, and who knows? Every day is Luther Burden Day until it's actually Luther Burden Day, I guess. Yep, yep. You know, we'll have it all on the site. All right, thanks for watching, guys. Uh, once again, five seven three report brought to you by five seven three tees. Check them out at five seven three t e e s dot com. Once again, they do have a physical location. Uh, we're just what two and a half weeks away from people coming back to Columbia for for football game weekend. So come in, maybe check them out on a Friday or maybe Saturday morning before kickoff. Uh, get yourself a new shirt for the game. Uh, they're great partners. have been really good to us uh, for the last year and a half or so. So please make sure to give them your business. Everybody, I hope, is wearing clothes while watching this. You always need clothes. So go wear, go buy a shirt from 573Ts. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with a little bit of an SEC preview show right here on the uh, – same uh, streaming platform and check out everything happening over at Power Mizzou. We'll talk to you guys later.